understand and, and actually practice real original oriental medicine, I had to go do apprenticeships with people that were from the old country and, and uh, you know, and I thought, and then I discovered it, boy, this is a whole different thing. And it's just not about memorizing points and things. And then that's where the internal martial arts come in as well. Uh, you know, if you're at an acupuncturist and they stick a bunch of needles and you walk out of the room to the next guy, you know, say, I'll be back in 20 minutes. Well, that's, that's not acupuncture. Uh, acupuncture is performing qigong or understanding how to provide tonal fields uh, through those uh, points with other techniques so that you are delivering real energy through those portals. And that's just putting an antenna that may not even be in the right spot in the first place because you're conforming to some standardized chart. And, and then, you know, coming back 20 minutes and thinking you did the job. So that's where we find ourselves even in, uh, in naturopathic circles a lot these days, uh, albeit, you know, less toxic, uh, less invasive and a step in the right direction. We've got a long ways to go. And those are the things that I'd like to see in future medical schools actually taught is the real disciplines that require physicians and practitioners of all types to go into themselves, discovering who they are and realizing those potentials so they can be a true service rather than just being technicians. Yeah, it really kind of harks back to the village, um, you know, the, the shaman and shamanism and the spiritual aspects of healing and being in touch with yourself first before helping others. It's really quite fascinating. It's a, it's a spiritual thing really more than anything. It's, um, and, uh, yeah, that's really interesting about the acupuncture. It makes a lot of sense that, um, essentially it's the practitioner's ability to, for, to use their intention and, and their, inner um understanding of of kind of how the universe works to affect change in the patient it's not just a meridian technology or something like that that's purely physical that's fascinating and it doesn't fall completely on the laps of the practitioners because our culture now has bred a population that does not want to be accountable and they want to go to a practitioner that's going to fix them. And it doesn't work like that. You know, you can, I've learned tricks of the trade, you know, in the many years I've been practicing where you can get certain effects, but, you know, they're temporary unless you um, help people understand how they got there so they can make it right from the inside out. Then they have the ability <clears throat> to take that <clears throat> support that you're supplying uh, through things like osteopathy and acupuncture and so forth and really make better long-term use out of it. So until people are uh, ready to accept the responsibility of how they got there and understand that a practitioner can only take you as far as you're ready to go, uh, um, you know, nobody is going to be able to fix you from the outside. And that goes back to, <clears throat> excuse me, our understanding of real physics and the fact that everything in our universe individually, which creates uh, what's going on in our bodies, in our life in general, in our relationships, our finances, and, and everything without exception, is a product of our own thought uh, uh, forces, uh, you know, and, and kept in play through uh, 
you know, the emotional counterparts and, and belief systems and so forth. So until we uh, understand not just information, but apply information over time that will become uh, um, wisdom de uh, derived through experience, in other words, real knowledge, then, uh, you know, we're really not going to get anywhere as far as medicine is concerned. But it's really up to practitioners, I think, to go there first, because that's our role that we assumed in our vocation, and, and to just at least be a half a step ahead of the people we're working with and, and get those ideas across that, you know, it's going to take you changing. I can't fix you uh, unless you're willing to take responsibility. And uh, that's, a, that's a tough one because, um, and it's very frustrating also when you are a practitioner because you realize that a lot of people don't want to hear that. They just say, hey, fix me. Well, society, and, uh, society has yeah. been built up now for decades and decades to not have any notion of, um, you know, that your health comes from your own uh, inner uh, sanctum, if you will. And instead, it's uh, based upon new pharma pharmacopoeia or, you know, you get a cold, you run to Long's or your local drugstore and you get uh, your cold medicine. Or if you got a headache, you grab some Advil or, um, you know, it's uh, and then you continue on with your day. Uh, it, we have a foundation, a generational foundation, especially in the United States where uh, big pharma now is everyone just runs to big pharma or uh, their doctor uh, if they get the sniffles. So, um, yeah, how do we break down that that history in a way? It's I guess it's really education and cultural um, uh, exchange and uh, growth and change that we need. So hopefully we can be a little part of that uh, through live streams like this and stuff. But yeah. Or if you uh, say go to the health food store instead of uh, you know reaching for the Advil or something and maybe get a tincture of echinacea, um, that's good. It's a step in the right direction. At least natural substances will not override your own physiology in drug-like ways and have after effects. And they also, uh, because they are derived from natural uh, substances, they have the natural patterns of nature that can help us repattern. Uh, but still, if you're looking at it as a fix for a um, condition that we believe is a disease, which leads us into the real topic at hand, what is disease? Uh, there is no such thing. There's nothing in nature that exists as a separate uh, and individualized entity called disease. Um, and what we're doing in medicine and in alternative medicine as well is we're chasing, uh, looking under every rock, trying to find weapons of mass destruction, when in reality, the only weapons of mass destruction are the ones that are created by the medical profession uh, and disease when properly understood is, is not at all what we think it is. It is a purposeful, intelligent design of our biology to heal us. And because we don't understand that or any of the um, principles at work, we do not work with them properly 
and uh, support the process. And the, the biggest impediment, even if we're naturally inclined with alternative medicine, is that our mindset is still in the same box of disease-created um, conditions. So until yeah, it's really we understand, all, I mean, it, it's, it so, sounds so simple because it's such a cliche, but the mind over matter, you know, it's, um, it really comes down to your belief systems and your education and where you've, your indoctrination or lack of thereof. Uh, it's, you know, how many studies have shown uh, placebo versus uh, uh, some sort of pharmaceutical agent and where the placebo uh you acted just as well, if not better. And I know big pharma hates those studies, but there's so many of those out there. Yeah. Now if they spent, you know, a few billion that they throw at all the other garbage they do into understanding what placebo really is, that's the stuff they should be bottling and understanding because that would uh, bring them right back to the fact of waveform mechanics and us as a progenitor of everything. And it's not a matter of, mind over matter it's the fact that matter is the embodiment of our mind and when we really understand that and there have been brilliant um, real scientists that have delineated uh, complete cosmogenies you could call it of how the universe really works and how it is a thought-based universe where thought creates electricity or electrical events that then manifest in what we think of as our body and everything around us. So there's also a complete taxonomy of what we think of as disease, uh, but relative to how it really is initiated and how it is in fact a healing mechanism and it also draws the link uh, between those physical conditions and their origins on the mental plane. And uh, that particular uh, system is called New German Medicine. And Dr. Hammer, uh, who um, uh, you know is responsible for that, did a, a lifetime of work and proved it out with conventional scientific methodologies, including. Uh, tens of thousands of CAT scans to prove how uh, um, things on the mental plane then trans uh, or relayed into uh, electrical events that then triggered very precise areas of the brain that then would uh, trigger a biological response that we would call disease into a corresponding uh, part of our body. And then also showed the different phases of that activity so if uh, with, with my training, medical training, and if I, somebody comes to me, and this has happened thousands of times over the last 40 years in, in my practice, uh, when people have their biopsies and laboratory assessments and things, I, I do like looking at those things, even though they're after effects and, and doesn't tell you how they got there. But they do tell me very clearly what uh, phase of a biphasic process of biological healing that they are in. And then that is going to uh, help me greatly to understand 
what methodologies to employ that would be appropriate in one phase, uh, but maybe contraindicated in another phase. And so we do have the, the, the ability, the methodologies, and the physical proof, uh, the documentation of how these things work, how these processes work, how to do laboratory assessments differently to equate chemistry to electricity so that we can work in a way to get to the cause and help people understand what they're doing. But uh, as a practitioner, it helps you uh, obey the number one principle of good medicine, which is do no harm. And even with a lot of um, alternative, less toxic uh, methods, sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot. Sure. And then it, the, the most important thing is getting people to understand that they aren't sick. This is purposeful. And there's a reason why in present time, a lot of things like what we call cancer, uh, whereas 50, 7,500 years ago, these things used to come and go all the time without us even knowing about it. And we'd even see tumor scars. I saw, you know, back, you know, 40 some odd years ago when I was in school and, and looking in, inside body cavities and see the presence of these tumors that just come and go and leave a scar in their way. Now those uh, growths are not coming and going as readily. And there's a reason for that, which is another whole huge discussion, but still the principles are the same. And when you understand them, you can provide uh, you know, those elements that are necessary to make sure that people don't overstay their welcome and on an uncomfortable plateau where things keep growing or progressing or degenerating in an unfavorable direction. So I guess one, one way to go about this is to say that, hey, get out of the way and let your natural, the natural order of your, the, your bodily mechanisms to perform. And that gets more and more difficult this day and age with all the toxins and nasty things in our food and everything. But um, I guess for listeners here and for people that are discovering us and as we become more public here and um, just want to welcome anyone who's following us on the stream here. We're live streaming right now on DLive um, and now recording. I hit record about 15 minutes ago. So um, this will probably go up on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can follow us. Uh, we're on most major platforms. You can follow us on YouTube forward slash Alpha Vedic. I believe that's what it is. It should be um, as well as on we're on Telegram uh, t.me forward slash Alpha Vedic. We're on Facebook forward slash Alpha Vedic. Um, you can pretty much find us on any major uh, social media channel uh, with our name A-L-F-A-V-E-D-I-C. And as we've become more public uh, and with Dr. Lando getting out in the public sphere, our inbox has become more inundated with, with folks, you know, experiencing health issues. And I believe there's a lot of um, confusion and fear out there. Uh, and, you know, people, times are tough right now with all, like I said, with all the toxins out there and all the pollution and all the nasty stuff in the air and in the food. And I think that's leading to a lot of the issues from people who in the past were able to uh, naturally able, you know, their bodies were able to heal themselves. 
And so I guess one thing that should be a goal for us here on these live streams is helping folks, you know, because you're only one man and can't answer every email. You try to, but as we become more and more public and known, it's just going to get crazier and crazier. And unfortunately, there's just not a lot of practitioners out there that are knowledgeable yet um, with a lot of these uh, terms and with a lot of these modalities and notions of, of healing. So what can we do um, to help educate folks just through this platform and give them some pragmatic um, uh, direction to help their health and wellness so that they can, um, you know, not necessarily um, depend on someone like yourself to do that. Uh, you know, I think that would be an amazing thing we can do on here. And since we've dedicated ourselves to live streaming every Thursday and putting these videos up, hopefully we can really go down some amazing pragmatic pathways to help folks um, discover themselves better and discover ways to optimize their health so they never have to go to a hospital or, or see someone like yourself. You know, me personally, I haven't had a checkup since 2005, I believe. I haven't gone to a traditional doctor since 2005. I refuse to go into hospitals because I, from my experience, typically when a family member or someone goes into a hospital, it leads to more issues. Now, I'm not discounting hospitals. My wife's a nurse, and I think they do amazing things, and um, you know, people need to go to them for certain uh, issues, especially stuff that's uh, related around crisis or um, you know, broken bones, things like that. Western medicine is amazing, but Personally, I, I believe that I, you know, can pretty much deal with my own health in, in my, with my, on my terms uh, and not have to depend upon um, an institution that is currently run by and controlled by petrochemical companies. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. But if we can on this live stream and on these videos help folks find pragmatic methodologies and ways to better their uh, internal melu, is that the word? Um, so that they can uh, remain super healthy in these, these, this day of um, confusion and, like I said, pollution and um, with all the stuff that we're dealing with, I think um, we can kind of virally grow this movement to where they can educate them, their friends and family, and we can start to get back to a place where uh, we have a better understanding of how our body actually works and how we can um, be really healthy, thriving people. Yeah, and I share your perspective. My original foray into, uh, as a health practitioner, was in emergency uh, medical services. So I certainly saw uh, that as being an important role when people were in a crisis. And that's where our system shines. Now, knowing what I know now, I always think back, wow, I wish I would have known that back then because a lot of emergencies that I encountered, uh, you know, especially the, the most common thing you'd see is, uh, you know, cardiac arrest or people in the throes of what they thought was uh, 
heart attack. And uh, there are things I know now that would have uh, helped me understand what they were really going through and help them get out of the woods even quicker. But that's another uh, matter. Uh, emergency medicine crisis intervention does play an important role. The problem is, is that is what the industry has showcased to sell all the other things that they have no business doing because uh, that type of medicine is uh, technician-based, technological-based medicine, and extremely important to have that available. But when it comes to the vast majority of health issues out there beyond emergency situations, that shouldn't be showcased as evidence that they know how do you take care of long-term health because I can tell you personally, my training on that side of the fence did not prepare me at all. That's why I went back to school, went to naturopathic college, I went to chiropractic college, I did postdoctoral certifications <clears throat> in a number of different fields and traveled all over the world uh, seeking you know, the best uh, uh, practitioners at that time to get in their hip pockets so I could pick their brains. Uh, you know, that's how you really learn. And then you come back and you apply these things over hundreds and even thousands of cases and you find out what really works or not, you know, and uh, in the medical profession, you're so sheltered from anything other than those limited technologies and um, pathological classifications of conditions that you, you haven't really any clue as to what's going on and you know we were talking a minute ago about how <clears throat> disease is not what we think it is and 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 we got into some larger concepts as far as how we are the progenitor of these conditions through our own thought processes now I'd like to expand greatly into a, a number of those topics over the weeks and months ahead because each one of them deserves several discussions at least each in order to lay the groundwork so any audience could really start to appreciate that, hey, there might be something to this. But initially, I think if we discuss the broader concepts, um, and at least plant some seeds where we're on the way to, you know, some of the goals that, that you laid out here for what we'd like to do. Now, if, if nothing else, if you could just say, what if there's something to the fact that I am creating all this? And, and this is not in a blame sort of way where, you know, where you tell people, oh, you're sick, it's your own fault because you created it. It's like, no, that, that's kind of junk too. None of us came in with an owner's manual or, or you know, on, on how things really work. Uh, we didn't have parents or professionals, teachers, doctors that ever taught us how things really work. In fact, it was the opposite. It was absolute indoctrination into an inverted uh, model of the universe. And so what we're saying is not that, things are your fault, but if you understood more how things really work, it would be the most empowering 
experience imaginable. Now, let's just make believe uh, you're in the doctor's office. You just got through with your annual checkup and you go in for the results and the doctor has a glum look on his face and says, oh, we found this and you better go get your uh, affairs in order. But in the meantime, uh, we're going to give you some excruciating torturous treatment where your hair's going <laughs> to fall out and you're going to feel like junk and wish you were dead. Um, what if instead of that, and, and ma now imagine that our thought processes actually create our reality. Well, when you get into principles of new German medicine, right off the bat there, when you get the diagnosis, you've just not only compounded the situation and burying yourself further in the dilemma, but you've initiated several other processes that uh, are going to play out, in which case they're going to call it, uh, you know, stage one, two, three, four, metastasis, you name it, when in fact it's all being created on the inside. So what if instead you went into uh, a doctor that understood how things really worked and they said, you know, we've got to take care of some business. Here's what's going on. We want to make sure that this situation is not only monitored, monitored uh, correctly, but uh, we, we take practical, aggressive steps to make sure that you don't have any future problems or, or further complications. And, but in the meantime, understand that it's your body working in your favor, healing you, and then you guide people through that process. So from day one, you don't have the fear that you are a victim of some terrorist, you know, uh, lurking in the corner that's out to get you. And the fear, when you understand what that does to your physiology and how it triggers further more complex thought patterns that are going to conjure up all sorts of shadows and, and things um you know you are in fact at that moment creating exactly what you don't want because you just don't understand what's going on in the first place so the truth will set you free and the truth does uh, eliminate fear and it allows you to very intelligently make informed decisions, take practical actions and, and be very pragmatic and optimistic about the situation rather than, well, uh, we don't know how this is caused. We just know that everybody dies from it and we've got a hopeful new cytotoxin that may, maybe will kill the bad guys. I mean, it's horrible. It's it's horrendous. It's always it's always more death and destruction with uh, the current. Yeah, mob. you know it's like we're gonna send in these guys to kill these bad guys and hope that hopefully we don't not kill your other organs while we're doing it or whatnot. I mean, is it fair to say that you're? It's never too late. I mean, in other words, no matter what physical maladies you have, if you really know the truth and you have un greater understanding of of all these notions we're discussing, it's never too late. One one guy I've been really fascinated with the last few months and I've been reading a lot about is Edgar Casey, who's that famous, probably the most famous American mystic from the early 20th century. And, um, you know, he's he has thousands and thousands of these readings he did where he would go into this trance and it was, um, you know, they don't totally know where he was getting this information, whether it was the collective unconscious or he was getting it from some higher source or 
you know, whatnot, but he would go into this trance and he would be able to, if he was told the patient where they were at that time, they didn't even have to be in the room with him. He could do a reading of their current physiological and mental and spiritual situation. And no matter, I mean, people, once he was known, people came with the worst maladies, you know, completely paralyzed, blind, um, things that were, seemed so irreversible and dire. And no matter what, no matter what, he would come up with the solution. And if, and if the patient followed the solution, and a lot of these solutions, which I'm really getting into now, are very much old school and things that were really just clearing the blockages and allowing the body to do what it can do to heal. And it was stuff with like castor oil and uh, dealing with um, all sorts of different weird herbs and, and things that were all natural. Uh, and, uh, pretty much he had a hundred percent success rate. If the patient followed him to a T, if they didn't, you know, there's some naysayers that say, no, that's not true. But if you actually go look and do the investigation, you'll find that those people that, um, didn't pull through actually didn't listen to him completely and, and do everything that he asked or that they asked from what he was pulling from, uh, these trance, this trance state he would go in. So to me, this is just a phenomenal study to show that it's never too late, uh, to turn around a current condition you're in. If you have the knowledge and the wisdom and, um, to do what's necessary to, um, essentially fix yourself. I mean, is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, absolutely. And, If you understand waveform physics, you'll understand how Edgar Casey was able to look down into certain um, energy streams, we'll call it for lack of a better way, and see those things. You'd also understand how time and space, the appearance of time and space exists in an electrical universe but really don't exist in actuality. They are appearances. We set these forces in motion with our own thoughts and emotions, or um, yeah, thoughts and emotions. And they then become data fields, real informational fields, that somebody who is adept has the ability to follow the trail and to understand exactly what's happening. For instance, I have a technology I use that's created by an Austrian physicist in the field of engineering that has the ability to look at any waveform, which includes every thought that comes from our, from our own self into the 18 dimensions as Walter Russell explained uh, were the possibilities in any waveform that creates the totality of our universe and with this uh, dual impedance antenna we can test the waveforms coming from a drop of blood or in other ways that will then give us a reading like Edgar Casey and uh, Rudolf Steiner and people that were playing on that level had the ability to do just within themselves but this technology allows us to assess those waveforms and then find the exact dimensions of the waveform that are have been 
thrown out of balance by our own erroneous concepts and understandings, and then to find the perfect antidote in the natural pharmacopoeia or with other techniques that would bring that dimension of the waveform back into balance. So, so the, the natural pharmacopoeia that we talk about, uh, really all that is, is that's kind of the uh, a waveform itself that happens to, um, I don't know, uh, uh, coalesce into some sort of repair form, repair wave, if you will, that helps us get back into our natural order in a way. Exactly. You and I live in a place where we can step out our front door and be in the forest. We can be down in a river. Uh, we can have access to these wonderful places that you don't get in urban environments. And unlike city parks, they don't have cell reception and other overlays being beamed in that can override the prevailing waveforms that create all of nature. So when we go out in our environments, uh, these are very strong when they're not tampered with and they have a profound effect on your body, on your thought processes, on your emotional state. And you just feel that sense of centeredness and peace that um, people are really trying to relocate these days. So when you are surrounded by those kinds of forces, those in with enough time will obliterate all the overlays that we do to ourselves through technologies and, and uh, social programmings and so forth. And so when you take the average person that has these problems, all we're understanding is that they have greatly distorted the original patterns that would give them the perfection on every level that they desire. And then we have to use extraordinary measures that shouldn't even be necessary by, you know, maybe going to a, 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 a real uh, old school practitioner of some type that knows how to employ herbology or, or manual techniques and so forth to restore some sort of balance. So that's what we're talking about. And when we talk about waveforms, understand that there is nothing in what we consider the physical universe that is not a waveform. And when we see something in our reality, it can be another body. You know, I'm looking at you. Um, I can, you know, look at the things on my desk. All those things are is not physicality. They are compressed informational fields that if we could really see both ends of the cycle, the creation cycle simultaneously, it would be like frames of a movie where it compresses the data into a, a, a resonance level that is now coarse enough to be perceived in the bandwidth that most of us occupy in our consciousness. But then at that same move, uh, uh, moment, that that is decompressed and then repatterns according to the thought processes that put those informational fields out there in the first place. And so it's a constant frame by frame by frame. 
right? It's, it's like a, it's like a trillion frames a second or something. I wonder what the speed. Yeah, is. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what the number is. And of course, the speed of light, hundred eighty-six thousand, whatever, is not how fast light is traveling because the universe does not have substance. It does not have anything that can move, including my hand across the screen. What it is doing is projecting through our thoughts the frame-by-frame frame appearance that my hand's here, now it's here, now it's here, but it really didn't move. It's just a constant projection of what we're putting out there. That's why Shen masters, uh, you know, that you read about in the old, uh, you know, Shaolin temples and those sorts of people that successfully deprogram themselves through disciplines and other techniques were able to project themselves through time and space. It's because they understood there was no time and space in the first place. And when you look at time, time is nothing more than uh, a, a perception of time. And what it represents is the stratification of data that then gives you this incremental experience that then we perceive as time. And we all know that time is perceived differently uh, depending on what phase of your life you're in, what um, endeavor you're in. If you're in a very enjoyable kind of uh, situation, uh, it seems to go by pretty quick. If you're uh, in some less than desirable situation, then it seems to take forever. You know, it is relative. Even Einstein, you know, recognized that. So, yeah, getting you could also back say to that time. You could also say that time, in a way, is collectively experience on the planet at least by humans because i mean we keep hearing i keep hearing oh time speeding up everything seems to be going faster we have less and less mm -hmm. time you know that's uh seems to be that's like a collective um consciousness that is kind of enveloping the planet right now well the planet itself is going through an expansive process and this would take a little bit of a deeper understanding in the waveform mechanics, but the planet now has entered a different cycle, a different repetition of cycles. And in that expansion process now, what's happening is things are becoming less dense. And uh, what I mean by that is data is not compressed to the same level of density. And therefore, the, the, the density, uh, the compression factor is what creates that stratification and really having you locked into a time consciousness. And as the planet itself is now entering in a new cycle and a more extended, expanded, less compacted reality, time is not behaving the way it used to be. You know, when I was a kid, and I was on Christmas vacation for two weeks. It seemed like an eternity. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, as an adult, because an adult is in a different cycle where they're becoming more expansive going on the other end of the cycle, time does not behave in that part of your lifetime, that phase of your lifetime the same. So it seems like it goes by quicker than when you're a kid. But now even kids are reporting back that, wow, time's going by really quick. It's different just in my lifetime. Wow. And that is funny, how, though, 
that is funny because yeah. I'll say to my my kids like, "Oh, we're not going on vacation for a week," and they go, "Oh, a week? That's so long, no." And to, to us, it's like, "Wow, a week? That's going to be in like three seconds." So I, the, I I can still see where the kids have that 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 experience. That's fascinating stuff. Yeah, and it's it really? is interesting that the compression concept ahead, talking about with the planet. I really like that really ties in a lot to what the mystics and ancient traditions have always said, right? As we're going into this new age of Aquarius and, and everything. And uh, you see that there is a definite, um, we've seen a, a growth in spirituality uh, in the younger generations with this rise of the festival, uh, the new kind of festival experiences and people that are, are definitely more, uh, whether it's totally, um, sincere or not, you know, getting into yoga and meditation and uh, doing a lot of self-help stuff. Uh, there's a lot more gurus out there that are on Instagram that are, you know, millions of followers and all that. So uh, that all does make a lot of sense that uh, we're seeing that reflection of, of the current um, decompression of you, if you will, uh, in a culture right now. Yeah. And I would even say the age of gurus is over. Uh, that was a great thing during the 60s and, and everything, you know, where Eastern concepts were starting to become known in, in the Western world for the first time. And, you know, I jumped in with both feet into that kind of thing, even though I was a, more of a jock back in those days and, and not part of the wholesale hippie culture because I was still playing football in college mm-hmm. and everything, um, you know, and, and uh, doing combative training and so forth. Still, uh, I, I really embraced all those things and, and was more than curious about them. But now we're again at a different juncture where we have to understand the only person that can be your guru is yourself. And the moment you go outside of yourself and ask advice from another person, then you are dis- not only disempowering yourself, but really denying yourself access to the only place possible for you to get the answers to which you seek because they're different for every individual. Now that doesn't mean, okay, you have a problem. You might go get a little support from a doctor, your toilet's plugged up, you go get a plumber. You know, there's certain practical things where, where uh, not just advice, but some things that can be helpful, but for real life issues and long-term empowerment, there's only one place to go. And so the folks out there that are selling themselves as gurus and, and, and that sort of thing, that's okay. No, no bad, no judgment about that, but they're really not doing people the service. Well, yeah, you kind of, that's why I was kind of saying how sincere it is. You're seeing this massive, um, uh, you know, especially in the, the younger generations, kids in their twenties, teens, um, it's great because I feel like the millennial generation um, is a little lost. They were kind of like the last generation that was left over from the the massive um, materialistic uh, society that we're kind of now departing from. And so they're really confused and uh, it's no shot to millennials. They're, they're wonderful. I'm not, I guess I'm technically not a millennial. Um, I'm the last of the X gener- generation, which in a way could be just as bad, if not worse in some ways coming from the eighties culture of complete and total uh, gluttony of materialism. But um, 
uh, yeah, we're seeing it in the younger generation. And, and I think a lot of it's kind of fake, you know, it's this fake spiritualism. It's this fake mysticism, but that's okay. I think that's, that's natural. That's part of the, um, the transition that is, that is required, uh, for the true enlightenment and getting back to self-discovery and, and everything. And, um, so and yeah, the, it the shows it's funny that people are thirsting for something different and that's a good thing. It's also explains uh, when you understand what we're talking about here, why it looks like the plan is going to hell in a handbasket because all of the uh, beliefs and creations from those beliefs that are attempting to remain crystallized into that highly compressed nature um, are crumbling. Uh, the larger cycles are demanding that we change and not everybody is on board with it because again, it can be very fearful because the uh, ego is going to die a very deliberate and sure death. It's going to, whether you like it or not. But if you're trying to hold on to the status quo, like we see with certain groups of people out there, Things aren't going well. Institutions are crumbling. Truth is being exposed. And, the yeah, the know, monetary system's crumbling, which we know is all based upon um, essentially a manufactured system, of uh, an old system. We're seeing the health system crumbling. Uh, we're seeing uh, government institutions fracturing and look at all the chaos in the United States. Uh, and all the fracturing and the uh, um, by the the polarity uh, involved there, um, and we're even seeing it in the alternative worlds. I mean, it's kind of funny you were talking about the um, the changes on the planet, and I was going to say you mean the plane, right? Because <laughs> we're on a flat Earth, so you're seeing that that kind of that kind of stuff take off. And I'm not saying we're on a flat Earth. But I'm saying you're, you're seeing that because I think a lot of that's even ego. Um, and so there's a lot of, of confusion and uh, chaos right now. <clears throat> yeah, and a lot of psyops to confuse everybody. I'm not at all going to weigh in on the globehead versus uh, flathead <laughs> discussion. Uh, uh, you know, uh, one thing I'll agree with the flat earthers is that NASA has never told the truth since their existence. Everything is CGI fabrication BS. And, uh, the, you know, it's all a, a bunch of lies. Um, on the other hand, uh, with uh, real physics, you understand that nature does create in spheres. Now, those spheres, uh, those waveforms, uh, spirals, can't create a, a flat tabletop here that I'm looking at, um, you know, it can create any shape, but it does create in spheres and those uh, waveforms do mate in certain ways to create a unified force field that, uh, that then um, will also help understand the existence of other planets and how they maintain relative distances and what uh, the mainstream would think of as orbitals, although, well, we'll just leave it at that. Um, but it's through pressure zones, not through erroneous concepts like 
gravity and the loss of thermodynamics at all happen to contradict each other, even though we say, you know, take that as truth. So um, the flat earthers bring up a lot of excellent points that can't be denied. Um, I will just go on the record of saying, uh, I think both sides are barking up the wrong tree. And yeah, also there are... Yeah, I, I agree. I think that makes a lot of sense that the flat earthers have brought up a lot of really important um, questions that we have had as well and notions about uh, uh, the conspiratorial nature of, of government and science. And there's definitely some a lot of weird stuff that doesn't make sense. However, I also feel like they're very much um, stuck in a, in a mythos of you know, from the Bible and things, which we also know have been manipulated. I mean, the Bible is everything that's in the traditional Bible and has gone through multiple different editions that leaders from uh, Constantine to, uh, you know, uh, kings and stuff have manipulated that story. So uh, they take a lot of their basis from the Bible, which um, is, is might as well be, it's like an ancient NASA, <laughs> if you will. So not saying yes. there's not a lot of important parables and, and in truth in the Bible, but just to take that all as face value as truth. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's kind of like the flip side of the other, the other side of the coin with the flat earthers. So I'm in agreement with you too, that I think they're kind of, it's ego on both sides and that it's half truths on both sides. But, um, you know, one way to find out, I guess, is, uh, and this gets a little trippy, but take the power in your, once again, in your own hands. If you really want to know the truth, there are things that you can do as a, as consciousness to find out truth through meditation and through, you know, even doing stuff like leaving your body out of body experience stuff and fly up there and check it out and see, uh, see for yourself. Yeah. And if you really want to spend a lot of time pondering anything, start reading the works of people like Walter Russell who explain and document how the universe is really created and our position in it as co-creators. And that will truly set you free rather than arguing on chat lines about, you know, as it flat or round and calling each other names. And I agree with the flat earthers that it does have a certain degree of import to know that everything has been inverted and everything we think is true is not. That's, that's important to understand that, but then quickly get over it so that you can understand what's really going on and realize your full potential. So when you're having arguments and, you know, making your life about that, I, I think there's more productive things that we could do. And right now we're in, we find ourselves in a bit of a nail biter actually, and that there are things on the brink and uh, our efforts and our thought processes really aren't best served by being more divisive. And of course, a lot of the flat earth community and that's just picking on them because they're on both sides are deliberate disinformation people that are there to create further divide. And this is done in everything we see. 
that's the whole name of the game is divide and conquer so that people are kept in that polarity consciousness and never get to the real solutions in the first place. Yep. Boom. So, you, you, know, you, you hit it, you hit the nail on the head. Once again, it's all about divide and conquer and keeping people in this turbulent uh, mind focused consciousness where they're stuck in their mind and debating constantly with people, whether it be the whole political spectrum or uh, notions of science versus spirituality, et cetera, versus just going like how we started the talk, going inside and just working on yourself and working on the practice of t getting more in touch with your heart. And I mean, look at the biggest killer in the United States is heart disease. I mean, how ironic is that? <laughs> so yeah and it's interesting you know um in the study of medicine you 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 know you learn you know from day one the so-called the uh, thermodynamics of the heart and and that how it pumps through all these uh you know thousands of miles of arteries and capillaries and so forth well when you understand again waveform mechanics you understand what really creates movement and it has nothing to do with mechanics. And just a little fact that a cardiologist might consider is if you take the structure of the left ventricle, which is the last place the blood is in your heart, the, the last chamber before it squirts out into the coronary arteries into the rest of your body, the pressure that it would take for that left ventricle to squeeze, actually pump the blood through all those miles of vessels would instantly explode it. It's not structurally wow. capable. So there's a guy by the name of Frank Chester, who was a mathematician and a, and a great artist, sculptor. And um, he figured out that working with the sacred geometries and, and then finding out a new geometry through his work that has never been discovered, but he just calls it the chestahedron after himself. Uh, great guy, brilliant. And uh, he shows exactly uh, the truth of what I just said, that the heart is a vortex, not a pump. And when you understand the vortex, you would understand everything. If you understand how the vortex works, people like Victor Schauberger was a master of vortex mechanics. And if you understand the nature of the vortex, you would understand the nature of the universe. You would understand the nature of your own thought processes and everything that we are suggesting about thoughts creating uh, matter. Uh, what they do is uh, matter again is only the body of our thoughts, but really not a physical body at all. But uh, Chester's work now, even though you'll never learn this in medical school or you'll never read it on the Huffington Post or something, um, the Heart Association has uh, is looking very closely at all of his work, uh, Chester's work, and understanding it is exact, exactly correct. And of course, behind the scenes in institutionalized medicine and science, 
they're looking at a lot of things, but they will never let the public know because that would be a loss of control and also bad for business. So all of these things are available to anybody. And of course, we uh, were able to live through the golden age of the internet and, and, and have all this information available. You know, in my younger years, I literally traveled the world just to go find things out, to talk to certain people, to learn from them. If I had to uh, do some research, I had to go to a library and spend the night there, you know, mm -hmm. in some little dark aisleway somewhere with stacks of books. And, you know, the uh, since, uh, oh, what, the late 80s on, you know, I just push a couple buttons and can find out anything I want which of course is why they're shutting everything down now. Yeah. They don't want an informed populace. That's why uh, discussion groups like this, once they become well-known and start getting too uncomfortably close to the truth, uh, they get censored. So, um, but that's okay. The cat's out of the bag. They can't put it back in. Yeah, it's the yin and the yang too. It's like, we were talking earlier about how it's harder and harder to get uh, in touch with nature and get in touch with um, uh, a lot of the natural um, vibrancy of the earth because of people living in urban areas and stuff. But the flip side is now we have the internet. So before it was very hard to get information. Now it's very easy to get information as long as that information is still accessible um, so there's always that balancing out, right? That natural balancing out that's going on. So, yeah, I guess. And, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to well, say. As you, know, as you know, the main thing is to sever us from finding out who we really are, uh, severing that connection to the expansive part of ourselves. And when you go into the physics of it, every single moment I'm looking at your body, which is nothing more than compressed data fields. That is what we think of as the real you, but every moment there is another body. Every bit is physical, but less compressed, which is why our senses don't register it, which is your body in the expanded form, which is literally about a thousand times bigger than your compressed body. And the universal creation cycle is constantly fluxing between compression, expansion, compression, expansion. They kind of touched on that a little bit with the, the tourists that they talk about in the, the Thrive Movement and everything. They've kind of got it, you know, they're, they're kind of getting close to the truth of it. But when you go into some of the other studies, like with Walter Russell and, and some of the others we mentioned, they'll tell you exactly, you know, what we're talking about here. So uh, everything in the physical world has its counterpart every single moment in the decompressed uh, original pattern state, which is roughly about a thousand times bigger, whether you're looking at a tree, uh, a person's body or so forth. So go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say um, we're coming up on over an hour here, so we're going to wrap it up. Oh, okay. But I was going to say to kind of impart you know, from my own experience and what I'm doing currently is just continuing down 
the path towards enlightenment, if you will. I know it sounds kind of cheesy and super cliche, but that's really what we're talking about here is having discovering the ancient knowledge and wisdom of truly where we come from and who we are will empower you to have a super enriched life. I mean, in the end, what we're, what are we looking for here? We're looking to have, to be happy, right. And to have a, a, to enjoy life and to um, enjoy every day as much as we can. And we need to be healthy to do that, of course. And we need to, to on this plane of existence, have a, a degree of wealth. So we're not stressed all the time about paying bills and stuff. And so it comes down to manifesting that for your life. And how do you do that? Well, you do that by having the wisdom and knowledge to know how the universe works and how um, we as biological entities on this plane can can manifest our reality. So I think, you know, to get really just philosophical about it, um, that's what we're all about. So continuing these discussions will hopefully help people that start to discover us and follow us and um, jump on these live streams and have uh, conversations with us. I mean, <clears throat> look at right now, this, we do, we're doing a live stream on DLive, which is a platform probably no one knows about. And I don't think, you know if we've even had anyone really on here much today to chat with, but that's okay because we are just continuing uh, being creatives and creating, uh, which is really what the role of being a human on this planet is, right? Why we're here, why we have a soul is we're here to create. And so uh, we'll continue on the path and um, we will manifest a great following on this platform. I really believe that. And um, in, in that same way, I will continue down um, the path of educating my kids and myself, my family and my friends, uh, and discovering as much as I can by, it's kind of funny, not really on the internet these days. I'm like really into old books and stuff because I feel like that's unfortunately where you're gonna find a lot of this knowledge. Uh, and, um, we'll share that as much as we can with through Alpha Vedic and through these live streams and podcasts and stuff and being on these other channels and hopefully be able to help others in the same way that these, um, you know, reading Steiner and Schauberger and getting into, uh, Walter Russell Moore and all this has really helped me, uh, discover more about my true potential as a, uh, as infinite consciousness. Yeah, and uh, a lot of those great ones uh, lived during the, what I consider the great age of metaphysics, where they were coming from a place of knowledge, pure knowledge, but it was still called metaphysics. Uh, Walter Russell was the missing link, where he grounded it into real physics and explained the processes and was able to prove them out. And I believe uh, our role is to ground that out the next level uh, so that metaphysics becomes a grounded, pragmatic um, endeavor uh, that we apply to education, medicine, engineering. And we right now are, should rightfully be in the age of transmutation and with waveform mechanics you would understand how we no longer even need to mine resources out of the earth. We can technologically create them by reproducing the right electrical forces and understanding the waveforms to manifest those. And we're already doing it in some ways. We could talk about it at a later time. 
what the mystics and, called, um, what the mystics called alchemy correct yeah and and again we're in the age of transmutation which means it's no longer alchemy it's no longer metaphysics it's real science and the scientism of today is nothing more than a worn out religion that has uh, passed its shelf life and it's time for us to be set free to um, experience the next uh, level of evolution on this planet. And evolution, I use that term loosely, um, not to conjure up any beliefs in Darwin or people like that, but real uh, expansion of the human experience. So uh, Mike, I'll let you sign off here and uh, let's just look forward to in the future not only uh, enjoying uh, audiences of, of people that are established in these networks that are beginning to invite us on to their platforms, but also uh, develop on our platform um, more little incremental steps to help people get to the point where these concepts don't seem as, uh, as fringe as they might uh, when you're first exposed to new ideas. Yeah, great. I think that's a great way to end this current stream. And um, I'm super excited uh, about this year at Alpha Vedic. We're doing a lot of great things. We're going to be out in our local community more. We've got the Alpha Vedic Botanic Gardens that is quickly evolving on our, our property there up where Bear is currently on um, the South Fork of the Smith River. We're up here in that very tip top uh, tip of NorCal. And uh, we live in a very wild place. And it wins phenomenal. And uh, I'm going to go fish in a little bit and get out there in nature. And um, yeah, uh, you can follow us, uh, like I said earlier, on Telegram at t.me forward slash Alpha Vedic. We're on Facebook at Alpha uh, forward slash Alpha Vedic. Instagram Alpha Vedic, that's A L F A V E D I C. We'll repost this live stream on YouTube. And please follow us, subscribe, join our mailing list. We send out mailers with discounts to products that we offer, as well as updates on everything we're up to. Um, we're really excited. We'll be out in farmer's markets this summer. Uh, I'm uh, spearheading a, a artisan local farmer's market here in my little town, trying to get uh, people more active in our community. And that's really what it's all about, right? It's just getting out and doing things, helping fellow, your fellow man, helping yourself, being really active at, uh, in your family life. Um, really, uh, I found also important, something I'm working on right now is, is mastering my emotions. Um, in the past, I've had issues with, uh, you know, letting my emotions go and getting stressed and um, lashing out and stuff like that. And I think working on yourself every day is so, so important. And I'm, I actually watched a really interesting video last night on Marcus Aurelius and Stoicism, and we can get into that on a future stream. Um, uh, and being more of a Stoic and working on yourself with journaling and doing all sorts of cool things with meditation and asking yourself what's important. Working on yourself every day you can. I think, you know, the more that you can master yourself, the more you can then um, have that cascading effect on those around you, and that will help the planet be a better place. So we can end it on that. Any final remarks or anything well, to say I here? Just, uh, yeah. Uh, one last thing is, you know, uh, a lot of things I'd like to get into uh, are around soil science, and you know, because we're farmers, and 
you know, I'm, I'm retired as a physician. I still do consulting, but I closed up my clinic a well, well, a good while back. So, uh, you know, we're more about growing things now. We've just created the Wild Rivers Permaculture Guild. So we're, we believe our future is based on uh, local, um, you know, clean farming practices that are not just using soil, but growing nutrient-dense food and creating new topsoil at the same time. Because we're in a predicament right now, all our topsoils disappearing. And, and the stuff you buy, even in these big food chains like Whole Foods that are supposed to be organic, um, you know, they're destroying topsoil. They aren't putting out good nutrient-dense uh, food. It's devoid of all the things you need, um, even though it's supposedly cleaner. Um, so that's why we're, we're really jumping in both feet with uh, farming and, and bringing back a real self-sufficiency and at the same time, not just assuring your own food supplies, but you're uh, assuring that for future generations. And at the same time, you will heal your body when you get outside and get your hands in the dirt. And one of the things we're doing, um, I work uh, in conjunction with a major Northwestern University up here where uh, my wife and myself are overseeing programs where we're teaching lower income uh, and even some homeless people. Uh, we provide the, the spaces and greenhouses and, and, and plots of land and the materials and the teaching so that they learn how to grow their own food, develop their own food banks. So just like you're speaking of, my getting out into the into the communities and actually doing things that make change and the surefire way uh as, as you're talking about doing your self-work uh you know which i agree is the most important thing we can do the the easiest way to get over our own ego inclinations is to think bigger than yourself and to get out and be involved in larger projects so that uh, you know, your life is less egocentric and, and, you know, it's not just about you. So Mike, uh, good talking to you and, uh, we'll see you next week, I guess. So. Yep. See you next week. We'll be doing the live stream every Thursday, 10 in the morning, Pacific standard time. And, uh, like we said, next week, check out bear. He's going to be on Matthew Belair's show. Uh, and, uh, that'll be on YouTube and iTunes so we'll have links to all that on our channels, on our Facebook and website. And please join our mailing list. You can uh, go to our Instagram uh, at uh, hashtag or at uh, forward slash alphavedic or go to our website alphavedic.com where all our links are and join our mailing list so that you can stay up to date on everything we're up to. Great. Have a great day, guys, and we'll talk to you soon.